listening to the Coaching Academic Podcast, the podcast for coaches, leaders and academics who are interested in translating research into practice. Each episode, I discuss a brand new piece of cutting-edge research and translate the findings with suggestions of how you can incorporate the research into your practice. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca J. Jones. Now, on with today's show. In today's episode of the Coaching Academic Podcast, I'm going to be talking about a research paper called Thriving at Work, a Meta-Analysis, which was written by Anne Catherine Klein, Court W. Rudolph and Hans Zacker and was published in the Journal of Organisational Behaviour in 2019. I'll put a link to the paper in the show notes. So thriving at work is typically defined as a positive psychological state characterised by a sense of vitality and learning. Researchers suggest that employees who are thriving experience personal growth by feeling energised and alive and by having a sense of continually acquiring and applying knowledge. One of the reasons why thriving at work is defined as the joint experience of vitality and learning is based on our understanding of well-being. Well-being is a multidimensional phenomenon consisting of both hedonic and eudaimonic components. Vitality as a pleasurable experience represents the hedonic component of well-being, whereas learning as a means of realising one's potential represents the eudaimonic component of well-being. In this paper, the authors argue that the research on the topic of thriving at work has grown considerably in recent years. However, our understanding on the topic is scattered and in need of organising. In particular, we don't know what the most important causes and consequences are of thriving at work. Specifically, they explore a range of causes of thriving at work, including individual characteristics such as psychological capital, core self-evaluations and proactive personality, and relational resources such as supportive co-worker behaviour, empowering leadership, perceived organisational support and trust. The authors also examine the consequences of thriving at work, including health outcomes, attitudes such as job satisfaction and commitment, and performance. In order to integrate the findings on thriving at work, the authors conducted a meta-analysis in which they identified all relevant studies that investigated thriving at work, and then integrated and synthesised those findings in order to come to some conclusions about the uh, causes and consequences of thriving at work. And their search resulted in the identification of 73 studies which were included in their analysis. So what did they find? Well, with regards to the causes of thriving at work, the authors firstly explored the role of individual characteristics, and I'll just highlight a few of their findings here. So they found that thriving at work was positively related to psychological capital, which is a higher order construct consisting of self-efficacy, optimism, hope and resilience. It's thought that employees are more likely to thrive when they have confidence in their ability to master different tasks, which is self-efficacy, persevere during goal pursuit, which is hope, make positive attributions about succeeding now and in the future, which is optimism, and in the face of adversity, bounce back and attain success, which is resilience. Next, the authors found that thriving at work was positively related to core self-evaluations. Core self-evaluations are also a higher order construct, and this time they're composed of self-esteem, generalised self-efficacy, locus of control and emotional stability. 
The author suggests that people with low self-esteem tend to overgeneralize negative outcomes or feedback as personal failings, which subsequently impedes their vitality and learning. Also, when employees possess an internal locus of control, which means that they perceive their actions as autonomous and self-determined, they tend to be more invested in work, have more positive experiences at work, and subsequently feel vital at work. An internal locus of control should also promote learning at work because employees perceive their own actions as caused by internal rather than external forces, which motivates them to acquire new skills and develop competencies that support their development. Finally, core self-evaluations also consist of emotional stability. Emotionally unstable employees are predisposed to experience hopelessness and a lack of energy, states that can be characterised as the opposite of vitality. The authors found that thriving at work was positively related to proactive personality. This is a relatively stable tendency to take action to influence the environment. Proactive individuals are more likely to learn at work as they pursue opportunities for self-improvement. Proactive individuals perceive demands as challenges rather than stressors, and challenges in turn stimulate vitality. Therefore, the findings indicate that employees who have high psychological capital, high core self-evaluations and a proactive personality are more likely to experience thriving at work. Next, the authors explored the relationship between relational characteristics and thriving at work. They found that supportive co-worker behaviour was positively related to thriving at work. Supportive co-worker behaviour helps employees cope with adversity and can support personal growth and development. They also found that supportive managerial behaviour was positively related to thriving at work. The authors suggest that supportive managerial environments contribute to safe work contexts in which employees feel encouraged to take risks and can then consequently learn from their experiences. They also found that thriving at work was positively related to empowering leadership. Empowering leaders focus on power sharing and granting autonomy to employees. Therefore, empowering leaders enable self-directed learning. Thriving at work was also positively related to transformational leadership. Transformational leaders inspire employees to achieve shared goals and develop their own leadership capacity. By acting as a role model and motivating followers with inspiring visions, transformational leaders enhance employees' experience of feeling alive and vital at work. The authors found that perceived organisational support was positively related to thriving at work. Perceived organisational support refers to the employees' beliefs regarding the extent to which the organisation values their contributions and cares about their well-being. Employees with high perceived organisational support find their job more pleasurable and suffer fewer strain symptoms such as fatigue or burnout, which suggests that perceived organisational support facilitates vitality. Trust was also positively related to thriving. Trust at work increases the likelihood of cooperation, information sharing and acceptance of information, which in turn contributes to experiences of learning. Therefore, these findings indicate that when employees experience supportive co-worker behaviour, supportive managerial behaviour, empowering and transformational leadership, perceived organisational support and high levels of trust in the workplace, they will experience thriving at work. 
Now, with regards to the consequences of thriving at work, the authors found that when employees reported high levels of thriving, they experienced better levels of subjective health and lower levels of burnout, which is the manifestation of prolonged stress on the job and and includes exhaustion and cynicism. The authors also found that thriving at work was positively related to job satisfaction and commitment towards the organisation and one's own work. Finally, with regards to performance, the authors found that thriving at work is positively related to both task performance and organisational citizenship behaviours, which are the discretionary behaviours that individuals engage in that are not directly or explicitly recognised by the organisational formal reward system. Taken together, these results suggest that when an employee experiences high levels of thriving at work, they're likely to experience better subjective health, lower levels of burnout, higher job satisfaction, higher organisational commitment, improve task performance and engage in more organisational citizenship behaviours. So in this study, the authors provide a comprehensive analysis of the relationships between a variety of variables and thriving at work. They suggest that an implication of their findings is that practitioners should aim at establishing work conditions that foster thriving at work, specifically positive relationships with co-workers, supervisors and the organisation as a whole seem to enhance the experience of thriving at work. For coaches working with coaches who are interested in enhancing performance and other outcomes for their team, these findings are useful in enhancing our understanding about where coaches should focus their attention. The data around the influence of individual characteristics is useful as it may indicate which team members are more or less likely to experience thriving at work because of their disposition. As the authors suggest, the evidence around the importance of relational factors such as supportive co-workers, managers, the organisation as a whole and trust are areas where the coachee may have some influence. For example, creating the right conditions to facilitate support rather than competition between team members, building an environment with high levels of trust and wherever possible, empowering others to take on additional tasks or projects. These findings may also be useful for coaches in helping to identify underlying reasons why the coachee may not be thriving at work. This could potentially be because of their individual characteristics or relational factors in their workplace. So that concludes today's episode of the Coaching Academic Podcast. Just to remind you, in today's episode, I was discussing Thriving at Work, a meta-analysis, which was written by Anne-Catherine Klein, Court W. Rudolph and Hans Zacker, and was published in the Journal of Organisational Behaviour in 2019. As always, I'll include a link to the paper in the show notes. Before I go, I just want to mention that if you like the podcast, you may like a new book that I'm working on, which is based on the idea of translating research into practice for coaches and leaders interested in a coaching style of leadership. The book will be out this summer. And if you'd like to sign up to receive an email notification for when the book's available, then please email me at the.coaching.academic at gmail.com. That's the.coaching.academic at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you again soon. Thanks 
for listening to the Coaching Academic Podcast. If you're interested in reading my research, sponsoring the show, or in hiring me as a researcher, coach, or speaker, check out my website, www.rebeccajjones.co.uk. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review in iTunes and subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have a question you'd like me to answer in a future show, then please get in touch via my website. Finally, you can connect with me on Twitter at coach underscore research. Thanks for listening.